Dr. Tammy Sorensen. Welcome to my exciting new holistic health podcast, Living with Ease. Living with Ease is designed to encourage and equip listeners with tools for living and releasing ease into the midst of all the dis-ease that continually bombards our atmospheres, lives, circumstances, and the culture we find ourselves navigating. Each week on Monday mornings and Thursday afternoons, I will share a new episode of Living with Ease that includes a new holistic frequency-infused instrumental piece specific to releasing ease into the dis-ease. My website, soundexpressions.net, contains all of the credentials and life experiences that have culminated, converged, and propelled me into living with ease. My music is available via digital distribution and streaming, as well as at tammysornson.com backslash music. Today's episode is about the ease of seeing others, the energy and sound of seeing others. Scrolling through Instagram and Facebook feeds, being an avid reader of the latest and greatest hot off the press book, listening to a plethora of preachers, teachers, evangelists, prophets, and apostles, as well as being a spirit and truth worshiper since the late 70s, has highlighted a significant kingdom truth in my spirit recently. As long as we choose to perceive others through our own eyes and experiences, through a mindset perspective that we alone have the only accurate current revelation and truth, that we alone are doing this thing we have our sights on from the absolute only correct way to accomplish it, we continue to create a house divided, a people overflowing with lower resonating frequencies. Call it religion, call it denomination, call it a new wineskin, call it an old wineskin, call it performance, call it anointing. No matter what it's called, if we are not edifying, exhorting, comforting, and building up the body of Christ, the ecclesia, we're releasing lower resonating frequencies that are detrimental to the overall health and wellness of the kingdom on earth. If we are pointing to Jesus and to his kingdom, we are releasing higher resonating frequencies. In the mix of how we go about that, we need to learn to discern between the two, especially in this decade of pay, the decade of the mouth and what we are speaking, releasing through our mouths. Life or death is in the power of the tongue. There are no gray areas in that truth. It's one or the other. It's very black and white. The ease, the energy and the sound of seeing others, not just the others in our immediate circles or of like-mindedness, but the others out there doing things very differently than what or how we've been called, many times in ways we don't necessarily agree with, have been offended by, wounded by, etc., Heaven's perspective of each of them is the only way forward. A number of verses come to mind specific to this topic. Luke 9, 46-50 in the Amplified says, An argument started among them as to which of them might be the greatest, surpassing the others in esteem and authority. But Jesus, knowing what they were thinking in their heart, 
took a child and had him stand beside him, and he told them, Whoever welcomes this child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me also welcomes him who sent me. For the one who is least among all of you, that is, the one who is genuinely humble, the one with a realistic self-view, he is the one who is truly great. John replied, Master, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he does not follow along with us. But Jesus told him, Do not stop him, for he who is not against you is for you. 1 Corinthians 1, verses 10 through 17 in the Amplified states, But I urge you, believers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in full agreement in what you say, and that there be no divisions or factions among you, but that you be perfectly united in your way of thinking and in your judgment about matters of the faith. For I have been informed about you, my brothers and sisters, by those of Chloe's household, that there are quarrels and factions among you. Now I mean this, that each of you says, I am a disciple of Paul, or I am a disciple of Apollos, or I am a disciple of Cephas, Peter, or I am a disciple of Christ. Has Christ been divided into different parts? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized into the name of Paul? Certainly not. I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one would say you were baptized into my name. Now I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know if I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me as an apostle to baptize, but commissioned and empowered me to preach the good news of salvation, not with clever and eloquent speech as an orator, so that the cross of Christ would not be made ineffective, deprived of its saving power. I've been pondering this issue recently as it relates to the hour in which we live. Mega churches versus house churches versus houses of prayer versus those with notoriety, fame, and following, versus those with no name. The body of Christ has been a house divided since Jesus walked the earth. Everything he addressed with his disciples back then has played out through his story in every denomination, every move of God, and currently in this hour. From the political divide to the church age to the kingdom age, from pastors and evangelists to apostles and prophets, why do we insist on ourselves and or the movement we follow or lead or are led to pursue as being the only lens with the accurate revelation? I am absolutely certain that as long as intimate relationship with Jesus and seeing him glorified on earth as it is in heaven is the end result, whomever and however the process, he would say, well done, good and faithful servant. The body of Christ needs to start seeing others who are pointing to Jesus through the eyes of Jesus, through the eyes of our Heavenly Father in the finished work of Jesus, period. He created a diverse people to learn how to come together with one heart in purpose, to be about our Father's business, preparing for His rule and reign. I was given a revelation and have said for years that the body of Christ, the ecclesia, is a symphony orchestra. We need the woodwinds, the brass, the strings, the percussion, the specific piece we're called to play, the composer or composers who wrote the pieces, 
and the conductor. As long as the piece we're playing is Jesus and his kingdom within us, as long as Holy Spirit and the Word are our conductor, why does it matter whether the woodwinds are a megachurch and the strings are a house church? Why does it matter if the percussion section is playing a new, spontaneous song, an unfamiliar new song, while the brass section plays a familiar hymn or chorus? Why do we continue to judge one another and point critical fingers at what's wrong with everyone else's perspective or way of doing what scripture reveals, whether it's church age or kingdom age, current or end times, whether it's the younger generation or the older generation? We are far too obsessed with criticizing, judging, being suspicious of, alienating, condemning, arguing, being critical of, a division of a different kind because we are the ones that finally got it right this time? Isn't the core of that lens division? Isn't that exactly how the kingdom of darkness wants the body of Christ to be occupied? Heaven yearns to see the generations, plural, united in their pursuit of Jesus as bridegroom and king. It doesn't matter how they go about it as long as it's a hunger and a thirst to see him glorified, to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, to see lives encounter Holy Spirit presence and walking in the glory-to-glory -glory transformation of knowing him intimately every hour of every day, seeing him, his word, invade every aspect of day-to-day -day life in this realm. I ran across a recent Mike Parsons of Freedom Arc quote on this very topic. Let's learn to appreciate our own gifting. And the reciprocal argument is also valid. Let's acknowledge that people with different gifts to us will think and operate in different ways we just don't understand. We need to learn not to be frustrated, but to appreciate them too. This is part of a culture of honor. We will more readily live in harmony if we recognize that God has hardwired each one of us to respond to him in a unique fashion. In music, harmony is created when a number of different but related notes are played together to create a pleasing, really pleasing sound. We are not all the same, but God has called us to relate together. Getting a handle on this can be really helpful if we are working in a team or any kind of project because we can assign tasks to individuals in line with their gifting and avoid asking people to carry out tasks for which their gift is not suited. Let's learn to honor the different gifts in one another and receive the blessing and benefits which those gifts confer. Yet how many of our churches function in ways that reward those who conform and marginalize those who don't? How would it be if we would learn instead to prize distinctiveness rather than uniformity, as God does, and to see how beautiful diversity can be in making us a whole church. Again, that last quote was from Mike Parsons of Freedom Arc, ARC. As long as Jesus as the Word, our King, our Bridegroom, our Redeemer, our Deliverer, our Healer, and our Restorer, our Repairer of the Breaches, as long as he is being preached, worshipped, glorified, and pursued, the symphony is playing the right song. It's now time to close the divisive doors. 
It's time to advance the kingdom of heaven on earth, but absolutely not by putting down those we deem as competition or those who have wronged us somehow. It's time to stop focusing on the negative aspects of the other sections of the orchestra in order that our section be the star. Let's simply get about being the best instrumental section we can be, wholeheartedly following our conductor with the specific song and the specific part he has called us to play. The ease of seeing others through our Heavenly Father's eyes in the finished work of Christ, those who seek and trust in Jesus through a plethora of different means, and those who need to be introduced to knowing him, letting Holy Spirit be the conductor. Holy Spirit alone convicts, corrects our wrongdoings, our sins, our missteps, our shortcomings, our need of repentance as spirit beings living this life in earthly bodies. It's the loving kindness of God alone that leads people to want to change, to repent and go in a different direction. Our call is to love, to not be the noisy gong and the clanging cymbal that Corinthians talks about, but instead to love with the love of the Son, to love with the love of the Father, to love with that love one another. Our calling is to love with that love in Christ, a love that encourages, edifies, and comforts, period. The ease of seeing others, the energy and the sound of seeing others in that light is what we are called to express. Then and only then will Jesus get his unanswered prayer for such a time as this. John 17, verses 20 through 23 in the Amplified. I do not pray for these alone. It is not for their sake only that I make this request, but also for all all those who will ever believe and trust in me through their message, that they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, so that the world may believe without any doubt that you sent me. I have given to them the glory and honor which you have given me, that they may be one, just as we are one, I in them and you in me that they may be perfected and completed into one, so that the world may know without any doubt that you sent me and that you have loved them just as you have loved me. I conclude today with a Holy Spirit-led, spontaneous, holistic, frequency-infused instrumental piece in 396 Hertz. Be blessed.